Hi everyone and welcome to the Red and Blue Review with me, your host for one night only, Ian Lyons. And tonight we'll be discussing an early Christmas miracle. Roy using some of our youth, uh, sorry, I mean a point away at Man City, as well as the usual ramblings that are club related. So with me tonight, we have a very, very experienced panel. We have the wonderful Timothy. Hello, Timothy. How are you doing? Yeah, that's good. That's off good. mute. Remember to take off mute before starting talking. So you've got to be impressed with that. Good evening, everyone. Let's start the curse of Lionsy already. And we have in the next corner, we've got Paul. Paul, how the hell are you? I'm good, thank you, Ian. Hello, everyone. Yeah, still buzzing from yesterday and uh, still got cloud nine glow from our stunning comeback. So, yeah, lots to talk about tonight and uh, enjoy it. Excellent. I'm sure we're not out of you within a couple of minutes. Right. And of course, the star of the show, it's Greg, our resident match of the day expert. Greg, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Ian. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good evening, all. Yes, excellent. So you can see everyone, you're going to be well served tonight. Um, follow us on the usual socials. You know where we are, you know where they are. Get liking, get sharing. Do everything you need to, subscribe, but don't just sit there. Make sure you get those comments flying in because it helps with the algorithms. And we all know algorithms are king. Right, okay. So, Nigel, what have we got up first? First slide. I guess we better have a look at the side, haven't we? Yesterday. Gents, an unusual side and a, a few surprises for the starting lineup. Um, who wants to take this first? What were your initial thoughts when you saw the lineup? Paul, you were there. Let's go with you first, shall we? What was the yeah. mood in the stand? Uh, I think there was a bit of a surprise, to be honest, when we when we saw this. Um, I, none of us could remember the last time Roy had ever deviated from his, his back four that he loves and trusts. Uh, but we see the amount of defenders in there, the amount of full-backs, and you, you sort of assume, yeah, it's got to be five at the back, which it turned out to be. Um, but we, I was certainly surprised to see Henderson uh, and Eze on the bench because in his press conference on Friday, he'd said that uh, both of them had trained hard, both of them wanted to play, they were itching to play, but the medical department was sort of saying, no, they shouldn't. Um, so I, if they were told that on Friday, I don't think they'd have changed their mind. So whether Roy's overridden them and said, needs must, blah, blah, blah. But I find that quite surprising because the week before, well, he dropped he dropped back to the bench on the basis of the medical department's advice. So wondering where the power struggle is there or anything but obviously he came in ultimately great it was a good job he did come in i think it shows the lack of faith in remy matthews to be honest to start a game which is not the end of the world your third choice keeper you hopefully never have to rely on so um i think with with all the injuries maybe if we'd have been full strength he might have gone with him but yeah it was it was a surprise to see those two nice nice to see as out on the bench if so if we thought we'd get him a few minutes on the pitch before thursday hopefully that'll get him in the team for thursday so yeah, it, it looked like it was going to be defensive. And ultimately, I was also pleased to see a bit of tactical flexibility because we all know Roy. He plays the same formation, same players, usually the same game plan, whether you're playing City, Liverpool or Luton. So to see him actually change something up was was quite nice. And yeah, if you're going to play a bit more defensive, let's be honest, the Etihad is, is the place to do it. So yeah, it was, it was a bit of a surprise. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's certainly a place we know well how to defend pretty well. Uh, Tim, come on to you next. What were your initial thoughts? And and uh, not just about the personnel. I mean, uh, Paul's touching it straight away. Henderson was a bit of a surprise. 
Uh, but what about maybe the kids on the bench and actually the formation that Roy seemed to start with? Mute. <laughs> yeah, I'm no good with IT, you know that. Um, I, I don't think he had a lot of choice, to be fair, uh, with the injuries and the, the paper-thin squad uh, that we've got. No real surprise at all. Um, I was pleased to see Richards get more time. Uh, again, I don't think he let us down at all. Uh, Reader World, I thought, you know, started off a bit shaky, but I thought he had a great game. Um, and it was pleasing to see that these players that don't get a lot of time can come in and make the difference they did. Excellent. And Greg, what was it like uh, watching from the sofa? Um, you know, uh, what, what did uh, Danny Murphy at Al have to say about it? I, I think Danny Murphy was um, was more talking about Roy FC than, uh, you know, Crystal Palace FC. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, at least it was positive around our team. Um, yeah, on the sofa, it was it a was good seat, first off, I would say. Probably best seat in the house. Um, I, to be fair, that I, I thought, I, I quite like these situations. I know this is a little bit perverse, but we've got lots of injuries and all sorts going on. And, and you are having to pick from your squad an unlikely side. It, it's a riffraff mishmash. And to be honest, when I saw the lineup, I was quite excited because I was thinking, this is either 5 0 City all day long, or it's going to be one of those days. And fortunately, it was one of those days. So for me, I, I, I know it's odd, but I, I like it. You get to see players that don't normally play, you know, and you, you hope. That they slot in and do a job it's it's interesting because I, I was going to the next question i was going to ask uh, greg and you've already answered it for me thank you you're such a pro um is about about the pre-match expectations you know and what what the expectations of you guys were uh perhaps uh tim before we go to paul who actually was there and and had the mood of the crowd and that you know the the buzz that was going around before what were your expectations of uh, what the result was going to be before the game even kicked off? Well, uh, Paul Bristow um, did some of his updating and he um, had a, a picture of a nice breakfast on Facebook before the game. And I asked him if he had a pint of vodka um, <laughs> just to take his mind off it. So I think that was kind of where logically most of us were expecting yesterday to go with the injury problems that, that we've got going to Manchester City. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, three, four mil, would not have surprised me beforehand. Uh, with that, with that in mind, Tim, were you pleasantly surprised at uh, the formation starting the, the seeming flexible five at the back just to try and soak things up? Did you think that was the way to go? To a certain extent, I think it was a bit of a Roy masterclass. Um, I think it would have been suicidal to have a go at City um, right from the get-go. Uh, I thought Roy's interview when he was after the game talking about that. And as, as Paul mentioned, it was so pleasing to hear him say that, you know, with 75 more minutes, we got the goal back. So we thought, yeah, let, let's have a go, which is when he brought the other players on. Um, I, I'd also like to, I know he's my boy crush, but I'd like to mention Wardy because he's had a lot of stick this year for some performances that haven't been up to scratch or showing he's towards the end of his career. But again, uh, against Liverpool, he was great yesterday. He was solid. 
uh, he did what you want a defender to do. Um, so I was very pleased with the overall performance, to be fair. Mm. So, Paul, forget us armchair fans. <laughs> you were actually there. Yeah. Um, what was the buzz? When, when obviously, you know, you, the surprise was Henderson. Eze was another surprise just to see him on the bench. As you say, power base, you know, he's taken charge of that situation, obviously. Um, but Roy actually managed it, I thought, quite well by keeping him on the bench and probably, you know, keeping his powder dry in that regard. So when you saw, saw the uh, alleged formation, flexible five with Richards, you know, dipping in uh, yeah. as they, they tried to stretch it, the fullbacks went out wide. Was everyone happy with that at the start, do you think? I think everyone was just happy we had 11, to be honest. Um, I don't think there was any any expectation. To be anyone we spoke to, there, I, don't, I don't think anyone thought we'd get anything. Um, and so we saw the team and we'd all heard from the press conference who was out. So you knew that. And then it turns out Hughes also then got unwell the night before. So he dropped out as well. So that threw things a bit. But I thought it was quite, what was quite funny is the Sun for the game. Saying that Crystal Palace had named the work potentially the worst ever Premier League starting lineup, so it's just, that was probably the mood in it. They were expecting a thrashing, and I think most most of us going up there, we were there not not in any expectation. They say we saw the back five, um, and as you say, and that's in theory that should be a back three, and then wing backs going up and down to give you some an extra attack. With the fullbacks that City have, and they're pressing forward, I was pretty sure myself personally that it was going to be a back five. They were going to be penned back, and as I say, against City, I can accept that. Um, but it, you knew, you knew, we, you don't have the ball. Every time we got the ball, you put it out, it comes back again. And we'll go into that in the game. So, yeah, it was not, it, it was no expectation. Henderson and they were a surprise. And say, saying the, the key, everyone wants to see the youngsters. They were on the bench. And as you say, you always think with Royce a token gesture putting them on the bench and they'll never be used. So it was quite refreshing that, say, when Wall went off, uh, and that, we're not sure how that is at the moment. We were on the train on the way back. We were sat next to the father of one of the kit men of the club. And he basically rang his son for us to find out what happened to Joe Ward. Uh, and he, he's done a hamstring, apparently. So he could be out for a, for a few weeks. Another one. Yeah, which is typical. Um, but yeah, so when he went off, everyone was expecting Tompkins. He'll come in and, on the back or whatever. or bring on harder. To throw Ozo on. Like that was it was a pleasant surprise, and he and as we've gone on to say, he proved he proved the great the great decision. He played really well, so yeah, there was okay. no surprise team lineup. But yeah, from my point of view, I was expecting uh, pretty much backs to the wall with that lineup. Right, so let's crack on then. Let's um, you were there, uh, you know, you, uh, we'll we'll cover the main points of the game. Most people have seen it anyway, but yeah. we'll talk our way through the game if you wouldn't mind taking us through yes, that. Yes, so, we'll, so we'll, as, we'll as expected, main points. Yeah, as expected, uh, we were back to the wall. They had all the ball, all the possession, which they do against most teams. Um, and they were just, yeah, it was, luckily that was our end. The ball was our end all the time. Uh, we couldn't get out of it. So basically the first real chance came. They had a good cross in the box and uh, Alvarez had a good header. And uh, Henderson made a really good save, which was brilliant for his confidence. Because they, they said this, it's the first full match he's played since January. So come in, make that save. It, it was it was rocking them. It was good. And uh, we were looking solid. They they had the ball, they were pressing, they were probing, but they weren't really making any chances at this point. Uh, and then they had a Gay nearly scored an own goal. He deflected a shot. That was pressure there. Diaz had a shot from outside the box. So the pressure was building and it was building. And every time we got out, Mateta couldn't hold it. Or if he did hold it, he didn't have one to pass to because everyone was behind him. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it, the goal was coming. We, we knew it was coming. And sure enough, Jack Grealish scores a nice goal. 
I have to admit, and I'd like to see what you guys think about this. Having seen it back on the TV, it took about four minutes to give. Um, so everyone's in the stadium, as always. The Man City fans are chanting what they think of VAR and all this sorts of stuff. I, I, I'm of the belief they put a very thick line in there. I think if that had been us who'd scored that, it would have been a lot thinner line and they'd have found an offside. But I still think he, his foot was slightly yeah, offside. That, I don't know that, 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 that term, a thick line, yeah. I, might, I don't know who that was. A, a, you were applying that to the Palace back five or, or, or what? <laughs> But Greg, just picking picking up on what Paul's saying about the goal uh, and the margins themselves, do you think VAR comes to the right came to the right decision, and do you think that they they got to that decision as quickly as they should have got to to it? So I, th I think the view they showed on match of the day I personally felt it was onside. However, I think I'd read somewhere earlier in the day that that they had a different view which it it seemed to appear as if it was offside so look you, it's, it's it's a difficult call really four minutes is far too long I, I don't get that it takes four minutes for for the you know the assistant referee to make the decision in the box i think really he's got a maximum of 30 seconds you know i don't know why it doesn't take that but if i was in the if i was in the box and the view they gave me on match of the day I, unfortunately i would have given a goal Okay. Oh, that's fair. That's fair assessment. Tim, what was your opinion on that? Yeah, I think it was a goal. I'm kind of sick and tired of how long it's taking, and and it, the um, the cynical part of my brain uh, can't think. It's nothing more than the powers that be deciding they want a certain decision to be made, so they will keep showing it until the ref agrees with that decision. Hence, the uh, Liverpool game, the 33 times was it. They showed that foul from um, Hughes. You know, if it takes you more, if it takes you that many times to look at it, is it really a clear and obvious error? And is it nothing more than we want that decision to be made? So we're going to keep showing it until you, the ref, who is officially the one who makes a decision, makes a decision that we want you to make. So it was a goal. It took ridiculous amounts of time in the story. I think I, I think the three of you are spot on there. I would concur with that. I. You could. I knew it. You knew it was close. But as soon as they zoomed in, you just thought, "Just give it." Uh, and to be fair to City, it was a fantastic passage of passing move. Uh, you know, uh, I'd wish our players could pass that well and accurately at for most of the time. But you'd expect that well, though from a hundred million pound player, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, and a potential hundred million pound player that's passed it to him. So there you go. You're right. Mm. So, uh, so yeah. So we're one nil down after twenty odd minutes. Then uh, Paul. So if you yeah, want to, no, it was, yeah, much more of the same. They were again. They were pressuring. They had a few half chances and stuff. Nothing really too dramatic. But uh, we finally got out of our half uh, towards the end end of the half, and we did the first first time we'd actually turned the Man City defence around. We played a through ball, so they're actually having to run towards their own goal, which is half the battle of football. And if you don't do that, you're not going to do anything. But Mateta raced onto it. And basically, as we all know, he got taken out on the edge of the box. Edison comes flying out like a madman. And, um, yeah, we got the free kick, obviously. And I think all of us in the away end were in disbelief. We couldn't obviously see how close it was to the box. But it looked like if it's not a penalty, it's got to be a sending off, surely. Um, and he, 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 the ref got the yellow card out before Edison had even got up. I don't think he even gave himself any time to think about it. But... I can't see how that's not personally a red card. I mean, he's come flying out there. The only reason he's come flying out like that is because he knows he's got to get the ball. Because if he doesn't get the ball, he'll score an opportunity. So, by definition, right. 
it's i would so, agree with that so, so guys i'll throw it over to you two as now your thoughts on that decision for me it was um uh, I, I think it was it was right on the cusp of being a poor a poor decision we go back to var you know is it an obvious mistake greg your thoughts on that should it have been a red i think it's a straight red card um i think if that's an outfield player making a challenge like that it's a straight red card um was it a goal scoring position borderline but uh, you know it, it, it is it is mateta <laughs> you know you're not sure if it's, if it's somebody else it might have been a goal scoring opportunity uh no no i jest um yeah i think it's a straight red card i, th I think you know that that's a that's a clear and obvious error uh, i can't see how he stayed on the pitch i mean you only have to look at that still you know he, he's not he's never near the ball he's taken the bloke out it's a cynical foul it's a straight red um okay i i can't again I, I i can't wrap my head around the logic of why these decisions are so vastly different and i think that's why everyone is so miffed off with var yeah. <laughs> you know for me I, 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 just why is that not off that would be off well no i, I agree do you tim do you not think that ake was reasonably close enough to potentially be a covering defender in that regard and that's potentially why uh it was a borderline yellow yeah I'm, we've all got to just accept the fact that there are certain clubs that get away with certain things that we don't uh let's go back a couple of years against city when harland almost takes anderson's head off standing fully upright no red card for me that was a yellow card it, i i agree with you he was far enough to the edge of the penalty area there were other covering players yeah it was cynical the foot wasn't terribly high so if it had been us highly likely henderson would have been sent off and it's exactly the same how many times do you see things happen in the penalty area that aren't given and yet two inches outside the penalty area two minutes later the same thing a free kick is given it's just the nature of the beast unfortunately but but for me i think a yellow card in that instance was, was fair enough greg so i just want to go off on a tangent a second here um because it's a contentious point um i, I read somewhere i don't know if this is actually happening but they're discussing sin binning for cynical challenges like 15 minute sin bins in this example right the keepers come out and they've given him a yellow card. They'd simbin him. So, what, what? How would that work if it's a goalkeeper? Are you putting an outfield player in goal for fifteen minutes? You know, that, that, it just seems that you know. It just made me think. You know, would would if that rule existed now, would that would the goalie have made that decision? What would happen? I've no doubt. One, if it, if ever it does come in, they will find a way around it or or something along those lines. Right, I don't want us to derail this too much yeah. because Paul's chomping at the bit. But Tim, very quickly, your thought on that, and then go on. Then. I think they do the same as they do in rugby. Um, it would be a case if you, if your prop goes off or injured, then you bring one back on for a short term period or a blood or a blood bin. You bring on, you have to take on an outfield player off and bring another keeper on. Okay, all right, Paul. Just before I let you off the leash again. You said something just before we were talking about the Edison thing, um, and that's something I, I was going to quickly throw out there anyway, and that success in hitting the channels. Um, you've got teams like Man City, where also we were doing it very well 
against Liverpool because they have such a high press with their their fullbacks hitting it into the channel. So I think yeah. is a, is something we can possibly exploit against the other team. Certainly against the <coughs> shan't be named on Thursday night because again they play in a very similar way, and I'd be interested to see if that's by design or whether or not it's something that, you know, there's like the Alamo and they just wanted to get rid of it and run on. You know, what What are your thoughts on that as a tactic against the higher pressing teams? Uh, and then obviously just carry on to half time for us. Yeah, it's, it's a key thing. Uh, I, I've said on this before and I'm a firm believer in, in the mindset of a football team and, and how the first thought should always be attacking and trying to progress the ball up the pitch. Uh, and it's probably why we do better against the better teams, because like Man City, Liverpool and the lot on Thursday, their wing-backs will come forward, which does leave space on the wings. And if you can then get the people to the forwards to make the curved run and you play a good ball through over the top or sort of slide it through, as we showed in the second half, which we'll get to, yeah, you can you can get some space in that. My other issue then, going into the Palace tactical board here at this point, when we do that, our other next big problem is our midfielders are robots and they are told, stay here. So we don't have people breaking into the box. I remember at Luton the other week, as soon as we got the ball and was head down, down the wing, three players were just as sprinting as fast as they can to get in the box. We need to get more players into the box. And and that's ultimately how we're going to progress with these things. So, yeah, I'm a firm believer in turning defences round. We, when you're playing it across the middle and all this, it's too easy for defences. You've got to get them facing their own goal. That way they've got more to think about, more chance of making a mistake, more chance of losing concentration. And we've got the players to do it, which we show. And this, this is the frustration with Crystal Palace. I think if we take the handbrake off, there's a good team in there. There's some pacey attackers in there. There's some clever attackers in there who can make these runs. But under Roy, he's it's like playing. It's, I always think I always think Roy's team is like a table football team. It's like there's a metal rod between the whole midfield, and they all move in unison, and they all go, and, and no one can break out of this system, which is the way he plays, and that's that's his prerogative. But we don't have the freedom in the team. That's why I think when Gallagher was here a few years ago, he he ran past the forwards. He ran. He gave people someone to hit, someone to pass to. And he gave the forward, if Mateta or whoever is controls the ball, chests it, holds it, he's got someone to lay it off to. And so, yeah, I, as we see, second half, it, it paid off. But, yeah, so... Yeah, later. Yeah, so first half ended. And, yeah, to be honest, we're quite pleased to be 1-0. We're all feeling a bit aggrieved about the potential red card. But, yeah, actually, yeah, we're losing, but we're not being thrashed. It's, it's at 1-0, you're always in a game. So, yeah, come out second half. Um Pretty quick, they get a free kick on the side of the the box. They swing it in. It goes straight in the goal. Goal given, celebrate. The linesman puts his uh, flag up. And again, we have another VAR wait. And it probably was, it's a lot quicker this time. Um, having seen it back again, I think it's the correct decision. Um, it didn't touch anyone. So that's the City argument. But keeper can't dive for where the ball's going because he might he thinks Rodri's in front of me and he's going to head it the other way. So he's, he's interfering with the keeper's thinking. So I think... I think that was a good decision to rule it out. I'm sure. Everyone else? Yeah, I agree Tim? with that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I would concur. Um, I just I was looking to see whether or not it was an indirect free kick at first because I thought that might have been why it disallowed it. But yeah, it's clearly interfering with the, the goalkeepers. Well, one, he was offside for a start. And secondly, uh, so had he touched it, it wouldn't have counted. But secondly, he was clearly coming across the goalkeeper. And you saw Henderson go for it and then stop because he thought he might have been knocked in. So, so at yeah, that time, guys, at that time, 
Ozo had actually been on the pitch for, for quite a few minutes then. Greg, how did you think that Ozo started? Because it was must have been a really hard game for an 18-year-old to come on into. Certainly away at Man City as well. To, to the champions of Europe. I mean, uh, it just goes to show you how good these youth players are. The ones that do get on the bench, you know, that and, the, and are called upon. You know, most of us would be quaking in our boots. So it's come onto the pitch, you know, and I've read in reports, you know, he's pretty much put in a man of, man of the match shift. Um, you know, so I, th I think it's brilliant. You know, that that's what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see, you know, the management put a little bit of faith in into these players, you know, and, and there's no better place really to make a start than away at Man City, you know, really. It, it doesn't get much harder than that, if, if at all. So, you know, fair, fair play to the lad. He's come in, in place of Ward, he's put in a shift, you know, and, you know, that that's what we're... I think for the majority of the fan base are wanting that, you know. I know Roy has his ways and he's set in his ways, but they, you know, it's was it was refreshing because it could have easily have been Tompkins. No disrespect Tim? to Tompkins. And well, and that's it, that's interesting, Greg. So Tim, were you surprised A that he put Ozo on in front of some of the others that were on the bench? Uh and B, how did you feel Ozo did? In his like first twenty minutes, um, I was delighted. Um, it was like finally, you know, what the hell? What have we got to lose? You, know, you, you there's a lot to be said for these players to have to be ready. But then, how do you know if they're going to be ready unless you put them on in a place like that and actually see how they can do? Uh, for me, going forward now, he needs to play. He needs to start. I mean, especially if if Ward is going to make, he needs to start Thursday. And I mentioned before we, we started the show, um, I, I mentioned I saw an interview with him on Palace TV. And you can see he's Palace through and through. And he said he's got to play Thursday. He said, Thursday's the big one. I've got to play. And like that's well, what you need to see. You know? I'm going to stop you there because I actually took that quote and he said, I've been at Palace since I was 10. And then when he said about playing the, uh, the guy, I said playing at, uh, against the... <coughs> On Thursday, he said he laughed and said, "Yeah, that's the game I'm playing, man. That's the game I'm playing, and that's what you want." He gets then, it. He's eighteen. He gets it. I mean, you look at United again, going back a few years. Us old people. You look when Ferguson took over at Man United, almost got the sack. What did he do? Got rid of all the experience from players that are getting paid a fortune and went to their youth. You know, Giggs, Skulls, Beckham. Not saying that. Our players are of that quality, but that's where you get loyalty for a club. That's where you get players who play with passion and play because it means something, because they owe something to the club and they're in the club spirit. That's what you need, and that's what we've got no option but to do because of a our paper thin squad, owners who won't invest in the squad in the team, and injuries. Mm. No, excellent point, guys. Right, Paul, sorry. I'm going to let you run through to the end now, mate. You just crack on. Go for it. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, obviously, they get the goal ruled out. Uh, we're all a bit relieved, but within a few minutes, that relief was gone because they scored another goal yet again. VAR on the scoreboard, VAR check, and everyone's getting just sick and tired of this every time the ball hits the net. Um, they went through this. I saw it a few times, and 
I think I'm just about at the conclusion. It was, it was this one was a good goal. I'll let them have this one, uh, much as I try and rule these things out against us. But yeah, it, it did come off slope. He did try and play the ball. So yeah, it was. And as I said, two nil. We were thinking, well, this is it. And again, you, City then they, they try and put us to the sword like teams should do. And they had a, Silver had a great curling shot, which Henderson, brilliant save, absolutely top draw save, uh, which he injured himself doing. I think. And at that right. moment, we're all like, yeah, what uh, shouldn't have come back too early. Uh, he's pulled something again, but yeah, great save. And luckily he got up again and yeah, it, the game to me felt like it was just coasting. We weren't making any tactical changes. We're still playing five at the back. We're still soaking up pressure. We're not getting anywhere out. And yeah, it, the game's are really just going to drift. So it's, it's, it's yeah, finishing up. And then in the 75th minute, we do what we did the one time we had some success in the first half. We turned the defense around. We played the ball over the top. We forced them to go towards our own goal. Schlup made a great run. Uh, and Schlup, Schlup is a very frustrating player to me because that's what he can do. He, But again, I think he's been roided. He gets told to stay in a position. And yeah. when he's allowed to sprint, he's got the pace, he's got the power, and he's got the drive. And I remember his goal at Burnley this year was another example when I got the ball on the right. And it's one of the few times you look at the back post, he's driving in as fast as he can and getting in the box. And so it was great. And he got forward, did well, crossed it. And Mateta done very well. He, he got in front of his man, put it in the goal. And yeah, the crowd went, the crowd was up in surprise and shock and think, well, yeah, this this can't be happening. We can't, we can't do this, surely. Uh, so yeah, it was a great, great atmosphere. Then everything, everyone was up. And then Roy, he was just about to make a sub before the goal. And it was a bit disheartening because we scored. And then they put their coach back on. And we're like, oh, he thinks we're it's he's cracked it and this is all too good. But he only waited a couple of minutes and he brought on Franca and he brought on Amada. And the change was instant. You could see you had players on the pitch who, yeah. as he said in his match of the day interview, as Greg said, he'd obviously told them, go for it. Go and try and get me an attack. Don't just go there and mark space or mark. And you could see instantly. And as I say, the first few touches Franca had, he he gave Kyle Walker a roasting and I've not seen Kyle Walker given trouble like that for a long time. And it, it gets, and that's infectious to the team. It gets the rest of them all wanting to go forward. And we, we started to, to put pressure on it. And you could tell the crowd was getting a bit sort of wary because they could see we're actually pushing forward now. And yeah, we just put the pressure on, put the pressure on. And eventually I'll see, yeah, it paid off. We had a great little move down the, down the, uh, down the right. Great cross from France. And we all thought, Mateta's about to do a Ronaldo Ganacho overhead kick of the season. Then it was just cleared, but he didn't give up. He did, he got up, he went and chased the ball down, won it back, got in the box, and then yeah, as Pep said, blatant penalty. I mean, he, no, he, he took him out, and then yeah, that's when all the stress started in the away end because everyone is just you, you're seconds away from this incredible turnaround and result, and that your first fear is obviously, oh God, please don't miss this and. Yeah, it was, it was, and again, there's a VI check, so it's even more time to wait. And then, of course, you, you're talking who's going to take it. I mean, Mateta took one last week. Obviously, Eze was on the pitch now at this point. He took one the other week. Uh, and Elise's standing there with the ball. Now, for me, I was quite pleased with that because Elise is our set piece taker. I think he's, by definition, he's supposedly our best player with a dead ball. And he's a confident guy, let's be honest. So I probably wouldn't have wanted anyone else on the pitch to stand up and take it. And uh, sure enough, Cool as a cucumber, he rolls it in the corner and, well, the away end, as you can probably imagine, just went completely mad and absolute mayhem. So it was great. And then, yeah, we're all just like, well, okay, ref, blow the whistle, that's surely it. But it was even time and this was even more 
unpalestine unroy-like, which was great. We got the ball, and our first ball wasn't time wasters. I think we tried to go forward again, and mm. we very and this 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 was great to see. And they they had the confidence; they knew they can take on the champions of Europe. We've scored two against them, and their thought was, "Let's get another one." And it was it was great. And if we could get that mindset into this team from the off uh, against anyone, I think we would see a wholly different team. Um, but yeah. It, France had got the ball across. It was just slightly behind. And, yeah, eventually the ref uh, blew the whistle and we were all uh, ecstatic, really. All right. Firstly, Paul, that was absolutely superb. Well done. Much better than that noble bloke for a start. <laughs> right. Well done. Well done. You crammed You crammed so much in there. That was fantastic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and I'll pick a few bits and throw it over to the other two. Um, right. Okay. Just look, the guy that's on the screen, Mateta. Tim, this is to you. How good was Mateta's performance away at the in you know speech marks world champions playing up front on his own? How good was his performance? I, I've been very vocal of my not particularly being very happy with Mateta, but I will say that. I think both his performance at United away and also City with probably his best two performances as in overall game performance that he's put in for us. Uh, the effort he, he put in yesterday, normally for me, he kind of trots around. He doesn't seem to track back much or he doesn't seem to put a lot of pressure on the, on the keeper who's got the ball or defenders. But yesterday, I thought he was superb. I mean, there's again, for that, for the... For the move that led to the penalty, you know, like Paul said, he didn't give up on it. He went, he won the ball back. He made himself a nuisance, and you know, big strikers, he should be doing that. He tried to hold the ball up. He tried to left it uh, to to lay it off when uh, the few times we did break. But it was a difficult game yesterday. You know, he was on a hiding to nothing really. Do you know what I mean? He, he we were never going to put an awful lot of chances his way. So it meant. When he did get a chance, he's even more important. And what a great run and what a great finish. He's exactly what you want your striker to do, be in the box. And he went for it. It was a great goal, I thought, personally. No, I agree. And so I, I've got to apologise to everyone. We've been get asked, we've been seeing your comments come up, but obviously, as we've been discussing this, that you're, you're doing us proud tonight, getting all these comments in. Oh, there's Rob Cranford. I've just seen that one. We were spoiled with that result. I wonder if Roy will come out with that at some point this week. That was genius. <laughs> but uh, put in your – everyone out there, if you put in your comments, uh, put in the comments about how you think Mateta did, whilst I get Greg to let me know what he thought on Mateta's performance. Yeah, uh, so, uh, do you know what? I, I find our current – centre forwards in Mateta and Edward really frustrating because they've both shown flashes of brilliance and they've both shown flashes of you know barn doorisms. Um I'm I'm really happy uh with Mateta and, and the fact that he got a goal. Um I do think I do think he can be really dangerous and he has shown to score or he has proved that he can score in, in those big games, you know, Leicester last season you know, um, Brighton, he came off, the, I think, he did he come off the bench and he got like the back heel goal at the Amex? Um, you know, he 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 has contributed 
you know, I, I, I think I heard on Match of the Day, uh, it was something like his second goal in 41 games or something, which I, which I thought was a bit hard to believe. Three goals in 41 games. Which, so obviously the stats aren't kind. But, you know, like I've just said, you know, that completely kind of contradicts how I feel about it. I, I feel like he's contributed at key moments, you know, as, as has Edward. You know, and yesterday was a great example. And, and Tim's absolutely right. You're going to get slim pickings at the Etihad. There was a chance to go forward and they took it. And that you can't ask more of a centre forward than when there's an opportunity, they take it. And he took it. So you can't criticise the guy. He's done his job. And, you know, for that alone, he could have played pony for the other 89 minutes, right? But for that alone, he got one chance. He scored. So that's it. Let's encourage him to play pony for a many more 89 minutes, please. <laughs> right. Because I'm inclined to agree. Look, listen. One of Jordan Ayew's biggest critics, along with Joel, for years and years and years, has been superb. It's always important, as if you're going to dick people out, to give them credit when it's due. Mm. Now, John Cook, he's put in two games don't make a season, he's not good enough. I think I tend to agree with you, Jonathan. But full props to him yesterday. He ploughed that furrow. And yes, you know, he got the support from the likes of um schlup etc yesterday which helped there's no point in trying to muscle the whole three people off if no one's going to come and be taking a ball off him the edward thing i think is a little different edward has to play him he finds it a lot harder to play the, the the lone striker which is roy's preferred role he's far more clinical so he then needs the service from the wings which we don't give much by and large so there's a bit of a quandary there and i think it's not necessarily the players themselves that are at fault. Some, you know, I think by and large it's the system, and we don't necessarily have the players for the system that the manager will longs to play. So, so thanks for everyone for putting in your your thoughts on Mateta. What I want to then go on is uh, to uh, come back to is Elise's penalty. How cool was that penalty? You know, you go back to the the Liverpool game with Mateta's penalty, which was awful. But he got away with it because Alisson dived the wrong way. Um, Elise's penalty, it, you know, had even Edison gone the right way, he weren't saving it. He, and he just passed it into the corner. There must have been so much pressure on him. Paul, you know, your thoughts on that? Is it, he, he, he's got to be our penalty taker from now on, surely. Well, as I said, he's our set-piece taker. He takes the corners, he takes the free kicks. He's, he's obviously the most trusted man with a dead ball. And he's technically probably our best player. He's, he's, a, he's a fantastic footballer. And as you say, he postage stamped it. Most of these players, they look, wait for the goalie to move and then they'll try and put it the other side. Uh, as you said, it didn't matter if he'd gone that way anyway. It, that was going in. And and as you say, when you add on to that, it's the 94th minute. He knows what's at stake. He knows what's, what's coming. The pressure, as you say, was immense. And as I say, there were people in the crowd who couldn't even look. And so how he must have felt um, was amazing. But yeah. He, he took it great. He could, and if he's on the pitch, he'd always take my penalties. To be honest, and uh, the sad reality is that's also a reflection on the other players because when I looked around, yeah, exactly, team, our, you, our strikers, exactly. There's not, else, there's not anyone else I would be very comfortable with taking a penalty. To be honest, no, so that's fair. Tim, what would you think about uh, Elise and penalty taking? Yeah, he's he's definitely. Um, got the ice in the veins, isn't he? Um, it was, it's good to have that confidence. Um, but what I also want to mention yesterday is 
just what a great performance players like Richards, um, Mitchell put in yesterday. I mean, you look at the team we were playing. I mean, for, for 80% of that game, backs to the wall. But the, the, the discipline, uh, the intelligence and courage that the team showed for most of that game, to me, it looked like a team that felt they owed the fans something. All right, take the Liverpool game out of the equation. But the games before that, there have been a lot of mistakes and a lot of poor play. Um, but yesterday, yeah, I thought, you know, poor old Tyra Mitchell. I mean, what he was up against was just unreal. And to be fair, I can't think of many times where he was beaten or he, he let the side down. Um, and again, Richards, in a role that he's not used to playing, look how well he's done there. Um, so, yeah, yesterday, yeah, you could say we rode our luck sometimes, but that's two trips to uh, Manchester and four points in one season. I don't think many of us would have taken that before the season started. No, you're right. You're right. And um, I, just before we go on to Mark Gay, George Oagwu brought up a very good point. Right. So I just want to show of hands for this. Who would have Eze taking the penalties over Elise? Wow. Minority of one. There you go. That never changes. Plant my life, really. Right. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's a, that's a great. That's a great discussion. Thanks, guys. I think one yeah. thing that does need to be noted, something similar to what Tim said. I think what shone through yesterday was the spirit. Now I know we're quite yeah. high up on a lot of a lot of charts, yeah. getting points from losing positions and things like that. But even even when they were two down, they were sticking to they were doing they were playing to yeah. the game plan, and there was a spirit. And when when the final whistle went, it was really nice because the whole team, the whole bench, they all came over to the away fans and they were celebrating like they won because it was a moral victory, let's be honest. And it was really great to see that sort of connection, uh, especially after the Bournemouth game recently and things like that. Um, and yeah, it's clear they're playing for the manager. I mean, I know all the fans have issues with the manager, certain whatever, it, but the players are obviously still on, on board and results like that will only strengthen that really. No, I agree. Uh, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Greg, come to you first, then throw to Tim when you finish. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just sort of continuing on for what Paul's saying there. Look, first teamers, they know who they are, you know, and a lot of them are out injured. And 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 I don't mean any disrespect to the first teamers, but when you're not a first teamer and you're going away to Man City, and it's like I said at the top of the program, you know, they're playing for their careers in, you know, their Palace careers. You know, they get limited minutes. You know, Richard just shown some great quality when he's played. You know, I'm fearful that we would lose a player like that or he would move on, you know, because when he's been called upon, he's really performed and really played well, you know. And I think yesterday when we when I saw that lineup, and and and, that, and now we've seen the outcome and obviously talking to Paul, you know, who was obviously there, you know, in the flesh, seeing it live, you know, when you play in a side that is is a patchwork team, they're, they're pulling together as a team. And that doesn't always translate when you know you're a first-teamer. And, and I'm not digging the first team out. It's just in those moments, it's the underdog spirit that can get you that two-all draw. In, 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 you'll never know, would the first team have got a better result? Would they have got a two-all draw? It's an impossible question to answer. But the reality is we took a squad of players to the Etihad and we've got a point and you've got to celebrate that. 
Yeah, look, and I think Lockwood makes a very good point. He said, at the end of the day, we still only take on four points from the last 27, which is true. But football is 90% confidence. And I think the performance against Liverpool and the result yesterday puts an entirely different slant on the game Thursday. I think if we'd been trounced yesterday, if we'd lost 2-0 or been worse, Thursday, I think, could have been a train wreck. But I think now the confidence from the Liverpool game, the confidence from yesterday, completely different for Thursday, I think. I, I, I listen. I agree with you all, and I and I think Dawn, Dawn, you talk so much sense, so much, so many times. You need to come on this show. Dawn, Dawn has said that um, that that's what Danny, you know, Danny Murphy said that everyone knows their jobs. So so when they do come in, they know the role they have to play. Okay, and that is down to Roy. There is no, or, you know, and Ray. But there, there is no getting away from that. It's just for me, it is still a bit limiting. Um, and, and as John said, you know, a couple of others have said, let's not get too carried away with this and how people have said it. But it's going to take me on to my next point, and I'll, I'll kick, to, uh, kick this off with you, Paul. Um, having seen, you know, Roy's been forced into playing players that he would ordinarily have overlooked because he has his favourites and tries the same thing, same thing over and again. Tim brought up a great point about Richards. Richards has been in for three games now and he's been fantastic in, you know, in, for pretty much the majority of it. Um, and he's gaining in confidence. This is the player that we bought a while ago that we're, in, we're now seeing flourishing. And because he was forced to use kids that on the show we've been crying out just for given a chance and you know and you said it earlier and when they've actually played and it's not as if they come in uh alongside a really strong 11 and just being you know someone's been taken off just just to blood them which is what ferguson used to do you know they're having to stand up and fight in the trenches with everyone else because there is no one else how where did do, where does roy go with Ozo and Francia for the next game, Paul, in your eyes. What would you do as well? What, Roy, what do you think? Roy, Roy I'm pretty sure I'd put a lot of money on they will be back on the bench. Now, we, we all know Roy, he's, he's going to play his team. And, okay, if they get results, you can't argue with that. The, the best part about yesterday in that respect is the two France Ozo, they came when they did well. So he now he, he, that gives him some trust in them because Roy Hodgson's all about trust. If he doesn't trust a player, you've got no chance. So the fact they've come on and done the jobs is is great because there's more chance they'll be brought on in the next game. Um, there's a lot of talk about him not using Francer because he wants to bring him on when we're winning. Now, I mean that's a that's a very uh, fanciful way of looking. Oh, I'm only going to bring a player on when I'm winning when I'm in a huge losing run because he will never come on and therefore you don't you don't get him blooded, you don't get him experience. And the worst thing that happened was when he came on the other week and he didn't have a great game. And the manager then dug the two youngsters out. So they didn't change the game, blah, blah, blah. Because that gave Roy his excuse not to bring them on. He was forced to yesterday and they, they repaid him, which is great. Now, I, my hope there is if it is a bit tricky on Thursday and we are having issues or there's potential to do well, he will actually trust enough to bring them on this time. So that's the step forward we got here. I, I do fear we will be back to, to the normal team. We're back to a back four, which is which okay at home is fine. 
but yeah, it will still be the same methodical uh, team, I imagine. But uh, my only hope is he has a bit more trust in them now and will bring them on. I, I would love to see. I get an organised defence, fine. Organised midfield, all this fine. Personally, as me, if I was picking the team, I would have uh, Elise, Eze and Franca, and I'd have Ayo up top because Ayo, can, he's the best in the club at holding the ball up. He will hold it up and then those three are mobile. They can run past him. He can lay it off to them. They can make runs. He can pass it around. I think that would be... And then say, just go and play. You lot are free and then you can focus as down or as static as you want your midfield and defence to be. But you've got that outlet. And that's what I would do. Um, but then again, I don't suffer financially if we get relegated. So I, I can say all these things. But yeah, I think he, he, Roy Hodgson will play a safe system until he played an adventurous system in the last season because really he had nothing to lose. And if you go back over the seasons with Roy, once we've got safe, we've started playing good football and we've got good results. And once once he knows it's the pressure's off, he can take the shackles off. But until he's got that okay from the club or whether he still thinks I need 40 points, it will always be the Roy Hodgson static way. And that's why we're stuck in this loop. And But yeah, I, I would... I would go for Brighton on Thursday. On They've not kept a clean sheet in the league once this season. So every team is going at them. They've got injuries. And I believe I was told earlier they've got two suspensions. Today, so there's two players got fifth bookings, so they'll be missing. So it's, it's not a bad time to play Brighton, but we've got to go for them. Show, show, go for the jugular. That's, that's what I would do. Okay, great. Um, uh, Nige, can you put Dawn's comment back up for me? about Francia, if you can find it, it's about four or five up from Nick's. But um, Greg, what are your thoughts uh, as to whether or not A, Francia, Ozo deserve at least part of the game against Brighton and whether Roy will do it? And what do you think of Dawn's comments below as well? Okay, so I, I, I feel slightly mixed about it. If it wasn't Brighton and it was anybody else, I'd have a different answer. I, I suppose I'm not trying to teflon the answer here, but you know, I'll throw it out to the to the, the, the audience. Do you want to roll the dice against your arch nemesis? Or do do you want to try and play safe? You know, do you want to go to their place and be potluck and go for it? Or you know, what what is it you want to do? What do I think Roy will do versus what I'll do? To be honest, I think Franca will be on the bench and I think Ozo will start. And the reason I think Ozo will start is because he wants to play. And I reckon the worst that will happen is he'll get subbed off for Tompkins. I just feel that, that the lad will start. But what do you think, Jim? I go the opposite to uh, Greg, match of the day expert. Um, for me, I'm tired of seeing us put poor performances against Brighton Wall teams. I'm tired of sitting there and just watching them basically struggle to even get a draw against them. Um, we've got some young, talented players. Let's go for it. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone keeps saying, oh, we're not going to go down. Well, well, let's go for it. We've got confidence. We've shown that we can play the ball. Brighton are struggling. Um, I, I think Eze has to play. If he's fit enough on the bench, he's fit enough to play. Um, I would uh, start Ozo in, uh, for the game, especially if Wall is going to be out injured. If there's a hamstring, I shouldn't think he'll be back. Um, but go for it. I mean, at the end of the day, 
It's our biggest rivals. We're at home. It's before Christmas. We've got some confidence now. We've got a lot more games coming up. You win games through confidence, and you get confidence by winning games. So let's actually go for it and actually have have a real good go at them. Okay. Yeah, no, I know. I think that they're all very fair points. Um, I would tend to go with the fact that Roy will just revert to type. If the players are available, he will just bring them back in. I think Ayu's guaranteed to come back in uh, anyway. Um, but injuries injuries aside, I'd love, I'd, I'd agree with you, Paul. I think that um, because he's been forced to play them, and I think he was forced to play them, he was trying to protect players by bringing Francia on um, as well. Uh, it, and he's now seen that they have the ability you know i think that he's he's always he's always so sure that they can't handle it until he brings them on and that's how the likes of wambasaka got his start moses uh tyrek klein they all get their start because there was no one else um and, and i and but i'm pleased that it's happened now um secondly what i would say is that We've all said this, is that we've got the players to go for the throat on Thursday. When Roy first came in, that's what he did. He just went, mm -hmm. go and play, my children. Go and play, enjoy yourselves. These are pretty much the same side, other than, other than Wilf. You know, and um, there's, there should be no difference. I think he should release one of the two defensive midfielders, and then yeah. I think you'll see it on the side. Mm -hmm. Right, I saw Greg and Paul have got their hands up. Greg, I'll come to you first, and then we'll, we'll go to Paul. Yeah, it was just going, just going back to Dawn's comment, which I think was um, they brought Francer on uh, when we were were, were losing um, two one uh, and got nothing to lose. I think it was something like that. Um, I think uh, that's why I said I think Francer will start on the bench. I do think Ozo will play because I, I think Roy. I, I think Roy will put the same formation out. I think it'll be different players. I think you're right. I think Ayu will start ahead of Mateta. Uh, and there might be some slight change in the middle, but I, I think he'll start exactly as he did against City, and I, 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 I think it will be a fairly typical sort of you know performance from Roy. I'd like I'd like it to be different. I'd like to I'd like to go for it, you know. But I I, I think he he doesn't want to lose that game, and I think that that's what that's what will make him play the five at the back. Okay, right. Uh, Paul, very quickly, then I've got one more question. Go, yeah, go for I, it. I don't think we'll, we'll be four at the back, I'm sure. Uh, with the fact that Ward's out injured, I think I will come here. be a natural number, a swap for him. I think Eze will play as well. So I think as much as Ozo probably deserves to play again, I don't think he will because, as I say, he'll Eze will come in. And Mateta, he's got two and two. If he drops him, that's just going to... It, I think I'd just be... Unfortunate. You can't do that, really. So, uh, as I say, I think it'll be... And I think... He's got to go for it. There's no way we're we are the home team, and we we are still on one point a game at the moment, average, which is not the best form in the world. We've not we've only won one home game. We we need to start making these games count, and I think he won't go gung ho, but I think he'll be the, the normal four at the back. And to be honest, that any team with Eze and Elise in, even in the Roy system, has a has a chance. So it will be it will be pragmatic, but I don't think he'll be as as defensive as the other day. Okay, cool. Right, so I realise, guys, I'm really sorry for everyone. I think we've, we've just done this to death, but it's been a really good chat. I hope you agree. Um, quickly, 
we we're obviously in the middle of a, a really really thick run and it was uh, statistically the hardest run of games over christmas of anyone in the premier league um and i looked at the next the next nine games we've got but we've got brighton chelsea and everton twice in those nine games as well as arsenal sheffield united and brentford so we still got a lot of tough games i know one of the everton games is the fa cup but and nigel you're a legend mate because you're reading my either i'm reading your mind or you're reading my mind <laughs> yesterday's result up until had we lost yesterday i think that the pressure would have been building on roy and i know from hearing from someone within the club that he's already said if the club approach someone or get someone in he will step aside um but do we think yesterday's result a has bought him a bit more time and you know if it hasn't and they get someone like lopetegui or whatever would you be comfortable with that at this point in time tim you kick this one up um oh i can't see them getting rid of roy to be fair um this manager they're talking about i don't know too much about him knows at walls i don't know enough about him to be confident one way or the other um but if not him who else if they do get rid of roy who else what i would say tim is he's managed wolves 10 wins out of 27 Sevilla, 90 wins out of 170 real madrid six wins out of 14 spain 14 wins out of 20 and porto 53 wins out of 78 so he's managed some some half decent clubs to be fair i know this is all conjecture and i know you know people say don't get rid of roy this that, and the other but for me i think i think is i think yesterday's result i think you've got to you've got to roll with the momentum and it is momentum because you the team as greg perfectly pointed out they've got um something going there between them they're all they're all hands to the pump uh, and that's what Roy's excellent at doing, and Roy's getting. Greg, do you think that um, he'll see this? This even if we went to to lose every other game now until February, do you think he'd still be there? I can't see them. I, I can't see Roy leaving, but results dictate. Um, so ultimately, as much as I say I can't see Roy leaving, if we do lose too many games, he will be relieved of his duties and will step aside. Uh, so I suppose my answer is more on the, the basis of a, a we'll probably turn over, we'll get some surprising results. You might go and beat Chelsea. You know, um, I, th I think there'll be one of those wins in there somewhere. We'll beat someone we don't typically beat to to, to alleviate the pressure on Roy. So um Having having said that, if if they're going to roll the dice for a new manager, now is probably the time to do it. You know, with a January January window looming. I know we don't normally do much business in January, or or most clubs don't tend to. You know, um, Lopetegui I think was was vocal about not being really backed at Wolves for players. So you know, traditionally that you know you're not going to get back the Palace either. So. Yeah, he's managed some great clubs and, and potentially could be a really nice fit for, a, you know, a team like Palace. But I think it will be Roy. I think we'll be OK. And I think Roy will probably see the season out. 
Greg, I think I'm inclined to agree. Right, Paul, you get the last the last say, and then I'll get my knuckles wrapped okay. because we're going <laughs> over the hour. So uh, have a quick one, and then yeah, we'll finish up. It's a, it's a strange thing to say, but I actually it don't. I don't think Roy Hodgson's future is dependent on Roy Hodgson. I think the club is banking on three worst teams, and if the three teams at the bottom don't get close to us, then he will stay regardless of our results. Vieira got sacked when we were three points away from the relegation zone. I think if if the bottom three stay six, seven points away from from us, he'll be fine. If they get close to us, that's when he will that's when he'll be uh he'll be moved on. But then you have the problem as we say, who do you bring in? If it's not available, you bring in Paddy McCarthy. No, I'm not I'm not up for that. Um but yeah, so as long as he keeps the buffer between us and the bottom three, he'll be there, regardless of whether that's because of our results or their results. Well, I think that's spot on. Listen, guys. Uh, everyone in the chat, let us know your predictions for, yes, I don't even want to mention their name. Let us know your predictions and uh, we'll then have a look. We'll ask the panel. Tim, I'm going to get you to kick this one off. What do you think Thursday's results going to be? It's Christmas. I've got a ticket. 3-1. Oh, what to who? Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the score. <laughs> well, I'm putting you down to it because I know how slippery you are. No, Palace. Palace three one. Right. Okay, Paul. Uh, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna nick it two one. Oh, and our very own. I, I really feel like Greg. You should be turning around and then playing us some dramatic music at this very moment in time. <laughs> right. Okay, so Greg, what do you think Thursday's results going to be? Nil nil. Oh wow, Nigel! I hope your mind will be down. In fact, on, Nigel, come on, give us your prediction, Nigel. Now, set throwing him now. Look. Two one. Two. Two one to Palace. Right. Okay. I am going to go one all. So we've got a lot of we've got a lot of optimistic people there. This is what a point away does, doesn't it? That's amazing. Three one two one two one one all. Lee Clark sensible. Three one two one. Well, okay. I think the the eyes have it, don't they? I think the the majority is going for a Palace win. Well, I hope you're all right, and I thank you all for for joining us tonight. I apologise it wasn't Mr. Philpot, but nevertheless, I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. My massive thanks go to Timothy, to Paul, to Greg. And obviously to the ginger wizard Gandalf in the top corner for producing the show. So until then, have fun, enjoy it. If you see myself or any of the, the Motley crew at the ground, come up and say hi. Uh, but if I don't see you all before, have a fabulous Christmas. See you later, all. Don't forget to no. like and subscribe. Oh, always nice. Oh. <laughs> Such an amateur.